Good evening, Luke. Hello, Damien. Welcome to the latest episode of We Just Watched. <laughs> yes. And we just watched Beth Dearall Hall's 2022 American horror thriller, Soft and Quiet. Yes, we did. So this was an interesting film. <laughs> this <it>? was... <laughs> difficult to watch in parts what on earth made you want to pick this movie did you know anything about it going in no i just knew that it had been getting decent reviews and it was a film from this year and i thought that would be a good one to pick Mm. i think we should start by maybe saying a little bit about what it is because most people aren't going to know yeah and firstly we should let people know this movie has literally this week just been released in the u.s so if you haven't seen the movie and you are intending to don't listen to this episode because we will be putting in some spoilers and actually it's the kind of movie where it's probably best to go in cold like we did where we had literally no idea what it was about yes it definitely is so the movie is about this uh, elementary school teacher the kindergarten teacher and uh, she gets a group of women together from around her local community and they go to this meeting. And at this meeting, it's revealed that these women are all horrible, horrible people. <laughs> well, more specifically, that she's basically starting up a white supremacist group. Yeah, and they all tell their stories about, um, I guess, why they think multiculturalism is a bad idea and their dealings with people who aren't white. They, I think they, they call themselves daughters of the Aryan race yes. or something like that yeah and they eat a pie that's got a swash sticker in yeah carved into it which is the first kind of indication that things are not really you know kosher so to speak with this group of women and it's very confronting this this first scene where they reveal what they're doing yeah i actually think the first scene's probably the best scene and then the film mm, is never as good as that scene yeah, I agree, and unfortunately, the film doesn't really resolve itself to a to a, a an ending that's going to be uh, any kind of satisfactory for a normal person. No, um, so I guess what happens after the meeting is that there is a confrontation, and then the uh, you know the women finish up the meeting, they go to a, a grocery store, and there's a confrontation, and then that leads to them. Um, pulling a practical joke on somebody, which gets completely out of hand, and it sort of is styled in sort of a, um, almost as like a funny games, last house on the left. Um, straw feeling? dogs. Straw dogs style to it, where you're, you're very much kind of with the antagonists and you see everything from their point of view and it's a very unpleasant space to be. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Did you like the movie? <laughs> it's a, that's a kind of weird word to be using. I thought it was middling, mm. skewing towards good, um, and I'm certainly glad that I watched it, but I would not recommend it to many people. No, I I probably liked it a little less than you then, because I think it was middling to bad. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I thought the some of the acting was a little ropey. Um, I thought some of the scenes felt staged, especially... The fights between the two alpha women were very mm. kind of unconvincing. The whole confrontation in the grocery store felt stagey to me. But I think my bigger problem with the movie is that these aren't like racist from today. They're kind of anachronistic. They feel like 
they're racist from the 30s or 40s or something. They do. I felt like it was. I felt like it was a women's club wanting to reclaim their their space from the 1950s. Yeah, and and, and I'm just not sure. I mean, look, I know there are people like that. I know that. I know they're still out there, but I'm just not sure what point there is in really spending any time with them. It was really just like spending an hour and a half with very stupid, unlikable people who do something horrible. And also, I guess I felt a little bit like these women lacked the conviction of what they were supposed to believe in, especially when they would do stuff like bring a pie with a swastika. sticker. I think that kind of, I mean, that's probably unnecessary. If you're going to a group where everybody's racist and everybody hates every other culture, you probably don't need to put a swastika sticker on a pie to say that. Um, you probably don't need to hail Hitler in the car park to say that. And especially if you're hailing Hitler, the, po- the person who called the meeting probably isn't going to turn around and say, oh my God, you're so bad. Yeah, it was a little um, superimposed. They didn't feel like natural racists. In fact, the most natural racist felt like the husband and he wasn't used much in the movie. Yeah, uh, he was also the only real voice of reason. Um... What? Yeah, but I mean, racism like that, people are usually intelligent enough that they mask it because they know it's mm-hmm. not socially acceptable. And he had that feeling about him where he had all this hatred inside, but it was fairly restrained. Whereas these women were just so out there with their racism in a way that wasn't completely convincing i believe when you saw the food you said that you wanted to be there (laughs) yes and then when the conversation got so stimulating i was like ah to think i've been wasting away my nights at home (laughs) (laughs) um i really liked the uh shot and it was you know kind of blink if you miss it kind of stuff when the father because they're having this meeting in a church when the father comes out and says you have to leave. Yes. And um, he's just, that's just really the only person who is a kind of barometer for how society feels about people like this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing that I wish the movie had more of because you're stuck in this world where I guess the intention of the filmmaker is to make it feel like this is the normal for these people. But it didn't feel like the normal. It just felt like an overbearing amount of extremism that we we were um, laying witness to. And I wish that there had been a little more... It's the kind of the same thing as if you're on Facebook or you're on Twitter and you lean a particular way politically and you get this reinforcement of your beliefs constantly and you don't get the other side. Mm. So I wish that there had been a little more balance Yes, I think it needed to be a bit more measured. It was way more interesting when it was playing it softer. When it got really extreme, it started to feel Mm. like a lot of other films we've seen before, except this one just had kind of the hook of they were white supremacists. And honestly, I don't know that that sort of subject matter belongs in a a film this kind of low rent and kind of B-movie-ish in feeling. Mm-hmm. We've already seen movies like Get Out where it's it's far more interesting because the racism is that the racists are sophisticated and these people were so unsophisticated to the point where they were almost sort of incredible. I mean that literally. Like they, they weren't really you just didn't I just didn't buy it fully really ever. I agree with you, and it was um at the point where the confrontation takes place in the supermarket that it really kind of went downhill. Yeah. It was 
it was typical bully horror movie bully behavior instead of real life bully behavior yes and i get that we're watching a movie and it needs to be cinematic but this also probably wasn't very cinematic no and i mean one i mean there were a couple of moments i liked like i really liked the shot where you saw um the body bag moving so you knew that the sister was still alive but the women didn't and i liked the um shot where she hits her husband behind the couch and he just starts to hit himself Mm. There were just tiny little moments that I thought were really good, little real human moments. But overall, it felt quite by the numbers to me, I thought. I thought you were going to say you loved it, and I was like going to be like, mm, okay, I'm a negative Nancy. I think that um, you're right. The softer, quieter moments were the best. The other thing that really, before I start to speak about what I liked of the movie, the other thing that I really didn't like is that a lot of the dialogue was written with references uh with racist words used for jewish people for hispanic people for black people for asian people for gays for people from every other culture for gays yeah it it was used with really a deplorable despicable kind of language yeah very casual it was used very casually there was no payoff whatsoever for people having used that language Probably people do use that language when they're communicating, but it also felt like, and especially during the meeting scene, which, as you say, it probably was the best scene of the movie, but they go around in a circle and they're all giving their story and each one has a different kind of group of people that they target in each each time that they speak. And it's kind of like they're just ticking off the boxes mm. so that they can say, well, we hate every single group of people. We hate every single race and they need to mention them individually. We hate every single kind of queerness and we need to mention that individually. And it loses a little bit of impact when you do that. If you focus on one race or if you focus on just the fact that these are racist people, Okay, maybe I think it would have had a little bit more impact because there would have been some kind of focus for these women. But it seems like they're just really hateful, spiteful individuals. Obviously idiots, they're uneducated. Um, A lot of them have personal issues, not being able to hold down relationships, having too many children because they're obviously unhappy, having no children because they obviously, you know, can't make that work with their husbands. I mean, there's a lot of personal problems that these women have that are probably... Uh, an effect or yeah an effect of being such horrible people and i think by like targeting everybody you can it sort of makes the screenwriting feel quite prescriptive it was very clear that there was an agenda behind this film whereas if you say if it had been a little bit more specific or there'd been some double ups oh two of them hate asians then it would have felt a little bit more uh this is this is messy like life this isn't somebody who's you know got something to say and the whole film was sort of done as this kind of gut punch and um was meant to sort of rattle us and i think sometimes that can have the reverse effect where you start it starts to feel like sermonizing yeah it does it does feel like sermonizing and that's the i guess that's what i'm finding a little hard to take in about the movie and this is what stops me from being really over the moon about it Mm. and, and giving it more praise is that as a gay person i i am one of the minorities that's targeted by these women And even if you're not one of the minorities, I expect that the majority of viewers are going to want some kind of payoff. And the payoff as it is, is one of the girls survives and she 
comes up from underwater where they've dumped her body and she gasps and she starts breathing and she realises that she's alive. And then the film ends. Yeah. And you want something, I hate to say it, but you want something more like Hostel. Yeah, well, remember I told you, I asked you halfway through, when does this turn into a slasher movie? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that would you have did. been so much better if they all just started getting picked off by, mm. I don't know, a, a hybrid gay, Jewish, trans, black dwarf. <laughs> I mean, you bringing up Get Out is really interesting because I think that Get Out is really intelligent um, film about uh, race and subservience. It focuses on one thing. It does it really well. There's a great payoff for the audience. It's just worlds apart, really, yeah. from this movie. You're absolutely right. We're not given anything. I mean, we, you know... No. That's that's the perfect way to put it. We are not given anything back. No. And I mean, you know, the reason that you love people, most people love horror or thrillers like this is because we like to feel the adversity. We like to feel the stress and the strain, but then we want the final girl to come through. We want, we want, you know, we want some anger. We want some bloodletting. We want some catharsis. And, and, you know, it wasn't enough to give us um, the woman coming up for air, which, you know, implies that these women are all going to, be caught you know but i mean it's not enough it's not enough after kind of making us sit through this very grueling unpleasant thing and you know it wasn't like it was slow the scene you know where the women get um brought into the house and everything and tortured and then uh, like it gets really full-on like one of them gets raped with a bottle one of them is like has peanuts shoved down her throat and starts to have um, an anaphylactic shock because she's got an allergy. And because it's all done in real time, it's all one shot, it, it's very grueling and unpleasant. And you're not really sitting there kind of being entertained. You're not really being anything except made to feel unhappy. I shot a movie, as you know, Damien, in um, December and it was a one-take thing and so I couldn't help it when I was watching this film I kept looking for the seams mm -hmm. and I, I did find myself getting quite distracted by how the film had been made and also I kept getting distracted by some of the ropey acting and by some of the ropey dialogue and so you know it, it didn't have um, enough technical proficiency to um, really bring this kind of story home to me. I just, I felt like it, it hadn't been made well enough to have earned the right to tell this sort of story. The reason I guess I say that I, I'm middling to leaning towards positive because I think that there's a lot of promise. Um, I, I, I actually really liked the lead actress. I found her very annoying at times, but I think that that was partly this i think the situation that she was in where she started heave breathing i think that was really effective and i think that just the overall nature of her performance was probably the closest to becoming a horror movie villain that had some kind of soft little touches to her yeah she's the nazi barbie <laughs> she is kind of the nazi barbie yeah uh, and i think that she had moments which were not good um I, I think particularly the confrontation in the supermarket but i think that the majority of her performance was quite good uh and i did i did like the moment where the sound drowns out yeah. and it just focuses on her in fact the film held a lot of long shots just by the nature of the way it was shot trying to look like one take it held a lot of long shots on things that were 
not key to the audio that you were hearing. I really like that. And I think that the director did a fantastic job of making it look like one take. Oh, um, I should say it was one take. I looked it up and they shot it through four times. Right. So there were okay. no scenes, <laughs> but I was wow. looking for them. And, and it did feel like that was definitely not, you're right, it was definitely not a flaw. Like you never felt there were any seams. It felt very good at convincing us it was all one take, obviously because it was, but that in itself takes a, a level of coordination and talent and the film did it very well. Yeah, I, I wish that they'd, like I said to you at one point, I wish that they'd invested a few hundred dollars in a better gimbal so that it was less jerky. It was very because jerky. The handheld, when it's following someone, is really difficult to watch without realising that, hey, you're bumping all over the place here as a viewer. Yeah. And you you want it to be a little smoother than that. The other thing that I thought, thought was really good about this movie is his name is John Beavers and he played Craig. And I thought he was fantastic throughout. And my favourite scene of his is when he drags the second girl back into the house mm. and he's saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, I thought he was superb throughout all of his scenes. Yeah, he he wasn't used enough. Um, And, I mean, that was a good scene because there was some humanity there, whereas Mm. most of the women were pretty irredeemable. When they were going through it, they were quite selfish. That's probably why I responded more to him and and his performance is because he was giving me just that tiny bit of what I wanted. Yeah. I mean, it's not even that he was a good man. It's just that he showed some humanity. He showed some concern for others for you know some empathy i suppose some natural empathy and none of the other women had that all of their discussions even when they were crying or throwing up or whatever it was still all very self-focused what's this going to mean for me when am i going to see my kids again like you know all that sort of stuff i mean why do we care it would be like what was the um, name of that boy that got horribly murdered in texas matthew something um for matthew shepherd yeah it would be like if somebody did a real-time movie of his slow death i mm. mean what is the purpose of that mm. who has that been made for i mean often i felt like if you're white and you watch it most of the um most of the hatred in this movie is pointed at um non-white people mm-hmm. so very often i felt just kind of sickened by them without feeling like I was a victim of them. And then they brought in, I think halfway through, they started to really go at the homosexuals and transgendered people. Um, But I was thinking whether or not I'm a white person um, who isn't a target for them, or I am a target. Either way, I don't really want to be here watching this movie. Yeah. So it seems to have only been made for white supremacists. (laughs) <laughs> I know. Like, that's its audience in a weird way. And I'm sure that's not what the director intended. No, I, I, I agree with you. That is, watching it and, and not getting that payoff, that's what it felt yeah. like. And there, there's this review. It's from, I'm just looking on Rotten Tomatoes. And we record these episodes as soon as we finish the movie. So whatever facts we throw at you, it's just because we're quickly Googling <laughs> things. Um, well-researched podcast. It says Soft and Quiet is a misguided film that traps its audience inside of a hate crime, uncertain how to tie up the difficult array of themes it broaches as it barrels on its repulsive trajectory, a caustic sadism on autopilot. That is exactly what it feels Mm. like. It feels like even the film gets a little out of control and loses its way. 
Yeah, I mean, by the time that they were in that boat taking the bodies out to drop, dump them, I'm thinking, what is this film going to do now? Like, And I am so confused about why I'm watching this or why this film matters at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it's definitely diverting. It's interesting. There are parts that are really intense, but it doesn't add up to anything. A lot of people are going to say, and seemingly a lot of people have already said, that this film is somewhat important because it makes you um, look at things that are happening in the world today. But is this happening? I mean, I know it is happening on rare occasions. Horrible things happen all the time. Well, I mean, how about, I mean, Kanye West's anti-Semitic remarks, and those have been backed up recently by the NBA player Kyrie Irving, who's issued an apology, uh, and all kinds of things like that continue to happen uh, throughout the world. And as politically the world becomes more divided between left and right and the centre starts to even split off or become I guess you've always you can always look at it and say well the left has been quieter than the right or the right's been quieter than the left and now it seems like the left and the right are yelling and the centre is the quiet zone and it's the only zone that makes sense (laughs) and it's the only zone that doesn't have a a political voice in a weird way that's right I mean I think the Kanye West thing is interesting because that's sort of happening right now one problem I have with the extreme left is that there doesn't seem to be any gradation you know there's no difference between Kanye West tweeting something anti-semitic and a racially motivated murder the the level of outrage is is Mm. you know it just it's just over the top I mean I look at Kanye West and I think when I when I hear that he's done tweets like that I think okay there's somebody who's probably got some very serious mental health issues Luke, you're going to get us, I mean, you're going to do a Matt Damon on Letterman or whatever it was and get us cancelled in a minute by saying that there's different grades of sexual violence. Well, there are. And I'm sorry, but to say that there aren't is offensive to women who are violently raped versus, you know, being patted on the bum. Or having Kevin Spacey do you a nice picnic. Kevin Spacey is a bastard. (laughs) And you need to stop defending him, it's sick. But I mean, you know, I think a movie about Kanye West and the tweets would probably be more interesting than this movie because that is a, <laughs> that is a kind of racism that's, that is happening now, that is um, a bit more subliminal, that's tied in with mental health, that's about, you know, a very powerful, rich person saying something that is really indefensible. And not only, you know, is it interesting that he's saying that and what, what, what causes someone like him to say that, but our reactions to it. And then this whole cancel culture thing that follows on from it. This movie has nothing to do with any of that. I mean, this is, this is an extreme, very rare thing that happens and it's just sad and wrong. And yeah, it's not the same thing. I agree with you. And that's why I posed that question about, you know, a lot of people are going to say that this movie provokes thought, this movie provokes discussion. And I would disagree. Me too. I mean, ironically, we're sitting here and (laughs) talking about our thoughts (laughs) about this movie. Um, But no, I mean, the film itself really doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't add anything to the conversation. No, it just leaves you feeling really sad, kind of speechless in a way. Because you've just been made to sit through watching the worst kind of people do the the worst kind of thing. And that's it. That's it. I mean, what would have been more interesting is if they'd made all of everything that happens in this movie the first 20 minutes and then showed us the court case. I knew going in that this was going to be a 90 minute movie and that 
you know, as the film progressed, that there was less chance that there was going to be any payoff. Mm. I was just really, really taken aback that there was absolutely nothing. And you can't cling to any kind of hope from the last shot. Yeah. Uh, And that's what you needed to leave the film with, was a little bit of hope. A little bit of hope for humanity, a little bit of hope for these women, a little bit of hope that justice was going to be served, a little bit of hope that, you know, you might not have just watched 90 minutes of a film with quite awful content and and not received any kind of validation of your own feelings about that. And you've given a stage to the lowest, worst kind of examples of humanity. In in some scenes, I felt like I was watching just an extended episode of Jerry Springer when these women were yelling at each other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, why do I want to see these stupid, awful women talk this way and behave this way and just sit here in it. I mean, how is this bettering me or entertaining me? It's not doing either. This uh, film premiered at South by Southwest. As I say, it was just released this week, I guess in limited release in the United States. And unfortunately, it doesn't appear that there is any box office information about it. Anyway, we've rambled on for half an hour about soft and quiet. So Damien, I'm, I'm having a little meeting in my bedroom after this podcast if you want to come and it's, it's whatever you want it to be. We're just going to share our views. You know, I've made some pie and why not? Join. <laughs> I think I'll skip it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, well, yeah. Are you happy that we just watched Soft and Quiet? I Well, I'm always happy to watch a movie with you. You know that. Oh, well, that's a very diplomatic thing to say. <laughs> uh, what are you going to give it out of five? Uh, two. Yeah, I'm erring between two and a half and three. Um, I was probably closer to three before we started talking, and I'm probably closer to two and a half now that we've finished talking. Well, I'm glad I set you right. (laughs) Okay, well, it's been a pleasure, Luke. You too. Bye. Bye.